0: Welcome to Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Jay of House Pod Vader. (laughs) And we are always listening. Uh, And Jay, we've got a, uh, as they used to say in my youth on television, the afternoon specials, a very special episode of Always Listening. (laughs) Whatever happened to the after school specials? So they still do them, it turns out. Like I've seen a couple with the kid. They don't well, they don't really do the afternoon specials, but those those very special episodes where they talk about like basically public service announcements wrapped in a in a sitcom episode, they still do those on like the Disney Channel shows and the Nickelodeon shows for kids. I've seen a couple uh, oh, this is the episode about caffeine pills or whatever, you know, like I've seen a couple of those recently.
1: I don't want to feel like an old man, but I—it's I, it, one of those things that miss that are missing. I think in my children's life, like mm. you came home from school, and on that particular day, you were rushing home from school because there was going to be an extra special episode on at four o'clock in the afternoon, and you're going to sit down with your, you know, graham crackers and peanut butter and a glass of milk, and you're going to watch that extra special show and. They don't exist anymore. So clearly they didn't get any ratings. They couldn't make any money off of it. And that's why we don't have them anymore. Or Disney and Nickelodeon have just taken all of the younger viewership numbers. I don't know.
0: So I think I think that's part of the problem. Actually, and it's going to be my uh, currently listening this week. I was listening to an episode of uh, Movie Crush with Chuck from uh, Josh and Chuck, Stuff You Should Know. And it was a great episode with Casey Wilson they were talking about the film clue but at the end of it they were talking about the fact that the reason casey loves that movie so much and and chuck too for that matter is because they both watched it like a million times growing up on cable because it was just it was one of those movies that they ran all the time on tbs or tnt or whatever mm. and i think casey actually made the comment that i wonder if kids are going to do that like like our children will they have a film that they've watched over and over and over again like that because there's so much content out there when they're really little. I think that's true for like Disney movies, especially like right now in my house, like we watch Moana, we go through phases where it's like all Moana all the time and then all frozen all the time. And then it's tangled all the time for a while. But even for those sorts of things, especially like after this year, when the Disney Plus service is out there and basically any family that wants to will likely have access to the full Disney library, will the kid watch the same one every day even if they end up watching it all the time? And and more than that, are they watching movies all the time or are they mostly on YouTube and Twitch and things like that? Like it's, I wonder if we'll build up those sorts of like indelible favorites that are important to us when there's so much content to access and draw us away from it.
1: Yeah, and I wonder where the cutoff date is because you're right. My daughter, Frozen, was definitely one of those movies that was watched constantly over and over again. And I now I have a five year old niece, and she's into the she's very much into watching the same movie over and over and over again. But then there is a cutoff, and I don't remember when it happened. My daughter just turned twelve. My son is fifteen, and he he watched a lot of the same things over and over again as a little kid too but he he grew out of that pretty quickly um hmm yeah, that's a great question something to look into for sure but in any case we have a very th- let's get back to our extra special episode and, yeah uh, a lot of a lot of this people to pull back the curtain is there's just ain't a lot of news happening. <laughs> this week there's there's been a few minor stories but nothing um big or grandiose that really needed us to really dive into all that much but what did happen was a major pop culture event and i wanted to take this opportunity as i was thinking about well what the heck are joel and i going to talk about this week to use that pop culture event to sort of relate it to podcasting and how you create content and how you should create content and maybe how you just think about content. And that is the final season of game of Thrones. And uh, I will be talking specifically about the entire season, not just the ending and there will be spoilers. So if you haven't watched it yet, perhaps you may want to skip our extra special episode of always listening.
0: I I will say that that's absolutely applicable, and if you're going to be a stickler for it, that's true. However, we're not going to be talking about a lot of story points in particular, and you know, if you've been on the internet, I don't imagine that we're going to spoil anything that hasn't already been spoiled for you with memes, right? I don't know about you, Jay, but I've seen a tremendous amount of very focused memes uh, for this, this final season especially. Just remember Bruce Willis was dead during the entire movie. (laughs) You'll be happy. I think we should start at the beginning of things. And this is something that I think we both can agree Game of Thrones did as well as any series in television history. It's something that I worried about might go away. The concept of theme songs or intros to television series. And we don't have anything like what we had when we were young, I think about like family ties and step-by-step step and family matters and uh, full house. All those had like great theme songs with lyrics, but we do have a full produced, really intricate opening with game of Thrones. And I think you can see, this is something that Netflix has mirrored from HBO. Almost all of their shows have big, highly polished produced intros. Um, in uh, Game of Thrones, though, took it one notch further, Jay, with differences. So there's a lot that goes into this particular
1: one, talking about the intro to the shows or opening credits, if you will. And it really, before we started recording, we were talking about another show that had a lot to do with the reason why a lot of these intros are disappearing, and that's Lost. Now, one of the reasons why TV shows decided to shorten their intros is because, well, they only have a certain amount of time, and they got to fit in those advertisements. And if those advertisements take up a set amount of time each and every week, and you got a certain length story that you want to tell, well, you can tell a little bit more if you take away that minute and a half intro. And Game of Thrones intro was a long one. I, I don't rem- I don't know specifically off the top of my head. I'm sure I, we could do a quick Google search and find out exactly how long the Game of Thrones intro is. Uh, my it- guess is... Uh, two minutes what do you think over or under that i think if it's over it's two and a half but it's definitely under two and a half and as joel is googling i will just say that the beauty of what game of thrones has done and also the advantage that they had being on hbo which didn't have advertisements is they had the ability to do that but in almost every episode Uh, and especially in the final season is their steampunk map would change. That would quickly tell you the story of what's going on in Westeros and in Easteros. And the final season showcased the March of the night King towards Winterfell. And then the March of Danny and John's troops to King's landing. So just a minor tweak like that to their opening credits made something that the audience that was very dedicated had heard 71 times, uh, But that they had to pay attention to, even though they heard it 71 times, if you fast forwarded through that opening scene, you might miss one of those Easter eggs that would pop up on the map from time to time. So think about that in terms of your own intros that you like to do. Now, we've mentioned before that you probably want to
0: keep them short. And Joel has the answer to how long Game of Thrones opening credits are so there's some disagreement here on the internet imagine mm. that the song itself the actual piece of music is 1 minute and 51 seconds long uh, now this article that I'm looking at from uh, this is from 2015 I believe that's right this is from season 5 is what they were talking about uh, they say in that season the opening sequence clocked in at a minute and 42 seconds so it's, okay. uh, it's above a minute and a half seems to be below 2 minutes at its maximum and I would be willing Willing to bet that it has slightly uh, differed from season to season.
1: Well, there are definite bars that you could repeat or or make less.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, it seems to, like there's a uh, like in. a phrase or two that you could do without without changing the the uh, scope of the music as a as a whole. Uh, the music. For the show overall is wonderful. The theme song becomes like a um, a Pavlovian response. You know, when when I hear that music, I immediately get into. First of all, I get into the mindset for complex thinking. Right, like I know this is going to be. I'm going to have to focus here. This is not a show that I can watch while I'm scrolling Twitter. I'm going to pay attention to the conversations and the people on screen because this is a multi-layered complex narrative that they are giving me. Uh, and, and the song in many ways that theme music prepares me for that. The, The other thing that I've always loved about the differences in the intro, you see the different locations from episode to episode or season to season, the locations themselves change as different people are in charge of them or as different things happen to those locations. Uh, Especially early in the show, it would be a great hint of who would appear in today in tonight's mm, episode. Right, right. Like if you didn't see uh, East of Westeros, then you knew you weren't going to get to see Danny this week. Or you know, if you didn't see King's Landing, well, we're not going to see Cersei and you know Tywin or whatever uh, down in King's Landing this week. So those those were interesting hints, and it, those sorts of things are the things that we as podcasters could very much do. Um, we've talked before, Jay, about the importance, especially now with the Google search results, right. of those first few seconds. So, what we're not suggesting to you is to mirror Game of Thrones with a minute and a half no. of of beautifully orchestrated music. No. But since we are an audio medium, take what they are showing you, which is consistency with variation that provides information. That's the formula. Right. It's it's some consistency. What is that consistency? That's going to be your music or your orchestration or your sounders. If you've got an effect or something like that, what is the variation, the specific information that you give? Maybe you provide the title of the episode or the chief topic that you're going to be talking about. And that's the first thing that you say every single episode. Uh, Maybe it's a joke. From the episode. Maybe it's a, this is something that I used to do in my original podcast, which was just a comedy conversation between me and my old co-host here, Josh. He and I would do the thing. I'd cut up our 45 minute or hour long conversation into something sort of serviceable. And one of the funniest single non sequiturs that somebody said in there that would be cut out. And that'd be the very first thing you would hear is something ridiculous that we said, then the boom, the stroke of music to tell you what show this is and remind you what you're about to get into and set the stage. And then we go into it. I think there's lots of different ways you could do this as a podcaster. Oh, there's a ton of different ways.
1: And uh, I'm so glad you took what I had written in in our notes that we share together and put it in such a beautifully, said manner uh it was fantastic uh i know for for the shows that i've worked on you know the the idea i had of taking what you just said like taking a joke completely out of context putting it at the beginning of the show when i worked on the fantasy focus uh and i worked with the composer of the theme song uh, eric hutchinson i asked him specifically hey can you give me sort of like a 10 second lead in before you hit lyrics that way i can i can do something with that i can take something from the show put it there and i can change it up every single podcast so that i give the listener something new something fresh each and every time they're going to hear this song because they're going to hear this song we're five days a week they're going to hear it every single day Uh, they're going to need something to keep them from fast forwarding through the song and i'm sure You know, I'm sure they still fast forwarded through the song after they heard the first 10 seconds. But in any case, it was something that we could do that was a little bit different, a little bit fresh. I took that same idea to the podcast I do now, Next Fan Up, but I've extended it where I've created a I I make my tease about 30 seconds. Try to keep it even shorter than that, uh, where I'm taking three things out of the show from all of my different co-hosts, something funny, something taking completely out of context, and say, hey, this is what you're gonna hear on, on this week's Next Fan Up podcast, go into those three things, explain exactly what the theme of the show is, and then boom, that's where I actually leave a spot for my dynamic ad insertion so that I have my pre-roll. I still get credit for a pre-roll because it's within the first minute of my, con- of my content, and most likely everybody has put their phone away or their listening device away. So they're not going to fast forward through that commercial because they've already put their phone away. They're like, oh, I'm listening to the show. And then when we come out of the commercial, bam, my music hits them. My intro music is 15 seconds long and it still has a produced value to it. I've got different coaching uh, drops, you know, different head coaches from the NFL with some of their famous quotes, thrown that in there. And I've made two versions of that open my goal is to eventually create maybe five to 10 different versions of that open. And now no matter, you could listen on a Monday and you might listen, you might hear one version. You might listen to it next Monday and Oh, there's a different version again, something that still is, you know that you're listening to next fan up, but I'm still keeping my audience on their toes, especially the audience that's never listened to the show before. But for the audience, new potential audience. Every time you put out a new piece of content, there's the opportunity for a new listener to hear your show that doesn't have any idea what your show is about. By creating a formula like this, you keep it fresh for your old listeners while providing that same information you need to provide on an ongoing basis.
0: Uh, The other thing that I'll say on that, Jay, is that you don't have to do this necessarily for every episode, right? Or the alter altercations or right. al- alterations? Excuse me. Goodness gracious, I'm tongue tied this morning. The alterations, I should say, aren't necessary every episode if that's not what you have the time to do in a in a solid professional way. Look at Game of Thrones. Uh, their intros wouldn't change necessarily every episode they might change once a season or at the beginning of a season or after the pivotal episode of that season but as the show grew in notoriety particularly in this final season when it seemed like every eye was on them every single episode had alterations and every single intro not only showcased the pro- progression of the story but again like Added a little something for people who had been paying attention the whole time. If you knew a lot about the lore, there was a lot there for you. Those were little Easter eggs just for the, you know, particularly focused fan. Does that matter? Will that make the difference between your show being successful or not? Mm, I don't know that I would agree. I don't know that I would say that. It's not going to be the difference between somebody listening to you or not. However, it will Be perceived as you offering more as you standing above the crowd. It will make you stand out. And even if the audience doesn't know why it is that they're so again, if you ask the average person who watches Game of Thrones, well, they also watch a lot of other TV shows. Why do they like Game of Thrones better? It's probably hard for most people to tell you why exactly, what it is. Well, and they might say, oh, I like this character. I like that. Everybody might have a different answer. It's because of that stew, right, that alchemy that's created when so many people care so much about the product that they're delivering that is felt in the finished product, which leads us, I think, pretty well to the next idea, uh, Jay. Attention to detail uh, is sort of how I've shrunk this down and.
1: The good about that is is it's actually what made Game of Thrones a great show to watch. And I wish I could remember who I heard this from, but when I heard it, I was like, that's exactly it. Digging into the weeds of the political structure of medieval times, granted Game of Thrones is set in a completely fictional world, is what made this show phenomenal to watch. You just got to see every little detail and how certain plans were set in place that would have ramifications, you know, seasons down the road where you see something happen in season two that had a ramification in season five, it had a ramification in the final season. And you could see how that story got placed and you could, I mean, it was just so obvious that you're just like, oh my God, that's what's fantastic. The attention to detail. The bad of that is when you don't follow, you don't keep consistent. You'll use that consistent word again. Uh, With that, and that's what was lacking in this final season. That felt rushed, and it was totally on the creators. They could, they had the opportunity, and the choice was provided to them about how many episodes they could produce. I'm sure HBO would have loved for them to produce more, but they decided, nope, we're going to go with this many episodes. They're going to be this long in length, and that's how we're going to do it. And there were certain things that occurred in this final season that that happened that you're like well wait we need more information where did that come from and i'm not talking about daenerys targaryen's heel turn that was something completely different where they showed you literally from the beginning of you can never trust a targaryen and here's where daenerys is going to break down like she's gonna break down she's gonna break down but over seven seasons you still it was a cheap trick that they did as my emerson teachers would say it was one of those things where it was so obvious and on the nose everyone was like well they're not going to do that that's too obvious they they clearly aren't going to do that tv they they did that oh oh uh, oh okay so it wasn't necessarily surprise at least to me that denarius went crazy because they told us all through the series that she was going to go crazy. It was more of a, well, that was cheap. That was, that was not, you could have done something that was better than that or, or better yet. Don't lay out the plan and show us how obvious it is that she's going to go crazy and do something completely off the rails. Um, Unfortunately that it was just the rush the the final season just felt rushed
0: yes yes which is interesting because that was sort of the one of the thoughts that i had which fits right in here set realistic expectations so their attention to detail in the early seasons the level of focus and character moments that they allowed to exist even in a large budget uh ostensibly fantasy series where you might think boy we got to get to an action scene every few you know minutes right they didn't always do that there were whole episodes that would just linger on conversation long 10 15 minute long conversation scenes for episode after episode sometimes and to be None fair
1: those and to be fair in this final season they did that in the first two episodes.
0: Well, in particular for for episode two, right? Episode one was a lot of moving people around the map. And then episode two was everyone's here. Let's have long character scenes with everyone and heighten the tension on the coming battle. I, I thought those were, well, in particular episode two, I thought was the highlight of the entire season uh, because of that. But when you set that sort of level of expectation and then you go away, even not just with season eight, really, Jay, it was with season seven as well. When they went, when they got done with season six, the announcement was made, we're going to finish the show in eight seasons – And it's going to be two shortened seasons, but we'll make up for that because each episode will be longer. And that's what we got told. And then as we awaited for production, even before season seven came out, they were like, these are basically going to be like movie length episodes. And season seven was longer episodes. Most of them were an hour plus. A couple of them were like an hour 20, hour 30, I think. This season, almost every episode was an hour and 20 minutes or more in my mind, a movie is two hours. (laughs) Mm. I mean, I really thought we were going to effectively get 12 episodes in six doses. You know, like we were going to get six mini movies. We were going to get six film releases over the course of six weeks. That's, that's what I had been promised. I feel like, and while I wasn't disappointed in any episode length, I saw a lot of complaints about that. And again, if we hadn't waited so long in between the seasons, six to seven, and then especially seven to eight, we waited almost two years between seven and eight. It was too long, and the length of wait has heightened those expectations. Right. And every word you say gets, you know, glommed onto and added onto with whatever I'm imagining in my head. And so, by the time they finally brought it to us, we couldn't have all been satisfied, I feel like. So as a podcast producer, if you're going to take a hiatus, if you're going to produce some special series, if you're going to do something new that is you know, more produced and polished, that's great to tease it. It's great to promote it. It's great to let your audience know what's coming. But set those expectations realistically, Jay. Don't pitch <laughs> I'm gonna bring you serial season four as you've never heard it before, and it's gonna take me two years to bring it to you. But they're all gonna be an hour long, so it's gonna be really good. And then you get two episodes that are five minutes each, and then you sort of pod fade after that. Like, don't don't do that. Don't oh, we're gonna get to serial. But before
1: we do, going back to the attention to detail, you saw the documentary as well, I believe, on the Game of Thrones The Last Watch. I did. So they have, a, they had one specific person who was in charge of the snow uh, and where the snow was going to be placed and how it was going to be placed and how to make it look as realistic as possible in these different locations. And that's fantastic. We joked a couple weeks ago about the coffee cup uh, that was in the scene. We we're like, oh, you know, they took two years off. Uh, this somehow got through it, whatever. But then there's a water bottle. And that's what, it's like you get one. But when two happens and you're totally about attention to detail and you've got specific people, and spe- like, that's just unexcusable at this point. Like, I, if I'm HBO, I'm demanding some money back. Like, you cannot have those types of mistakes. You can have one. We'll give you one. And we'll even laugh it off. We'll, we'll make a joke about it. But when two happens, like, how do you not find the second one after the first one happened?
0: So uh, let me make a slight counter argument there or an, or an extra point. I suppose the, f- the first thing is this, when you do make mistakes like that, own up to it and fix them. Podcasting isn't permanent and you can replace a file at any time. HBO has on both of those episodes gone back. And if you go stream it now from HBO now or HBO go, neither the coffee cup nor the water bottle is present. When you, mm. when you watch that scene, you got to go to YouTube to see the, uh, the screen grabs for that. Um, the the other thing that i'll say there is so own it own it and fix it own the problem and fix it when you when you release a public issue like that the other thing that i'll say though is i guarantee you jay if we go back there are screw ups like that right. in seasons 1 through 7 it's just that there weren't 40 million people in episode watching it live yet and in this final season effectively the the, you know, it had risen to a peak, the moment to moment presence and awareness of the show was at its absolute height. Uh, so that, that's a lesson for you too. pray for your show to grow, work hard for your show to grow. Know that when it does, the expectations will rise along with it. When you have a larger audience, they will expect more out of you.
1: Oh yes, most definitely.
0: Which brings us to,
1: uh, one of my final things to discuss when it comes to the final season. And that is the time off between seasons, because when you talk about setting realistic expectations, obviously with a show like this, you take a long period off. You tell people you're going to make major motion pictures for each one of those episodes. Your expectation bar gets set real high. And on top of that, in terms of, of your audience, you're now giving them a reason to, if you're a podcaster, listen to something else. Edison Research has told us podcast listeners essentially listen to seven podcasts a week. That's the mean uh, is that the mean or the median? I don't know. Whichever. It's the average. <laughs> uh, they average seven podcasts a week. So if you take a break they're most likely going to fill your spot with another podcast and now you've got to give them a reason to come back to your podcast once it returns. Now in Game of Thrones they obviously didn't have to worry about Taking a two-year break, people were going to clamor for that content. They were ready for it. But let's turn that to podcasting. Joel, I know you have my notes, but can you tell me what Serial Season 2 was about?
0: I, I could have told you, without looking at the notes, I could have told you that it was about a veteran who went missing. But I couldn't remember the specific story, and I definitely couldn't have remembered his name. I couldn't have I looked it up and saw that it was about Bo Bergdahl. I well, I knew I knew that it was about a it, it was about a guy who had left his post and they weren't sure at first whether he had gone missing or abandoned, et cetera, et cetera. and um it, it was a big controversy. I knew that I hadn't followed the story and I haven't listened to that season of serial either. How about season three? Do you know what serial season three was about? so, so now season three, if I hadn't looked at the notes, I might not have been able to tell you the city, but I did know that it was about one city's judicial system, that they had followed it over the course of like a year. But the only reason I know that, and still there, I haven't listened to season three. Uh, I, list, I I um, I read about it, uh, Dave Jackson. Dave Jackson posted about it when it first came out. He was very excited because it was a city he had lived in or does live in. I can't remember which, but mm. whichever, it was somewhere that he felt – Connected to and had posted, hey, it's kind of cool that they're doing this. Yes, Serial's still out there. Because I think he was making sort of the same point that you are. A lot of people listen to Serial season one, there's more of that show that exists.
1: Yeah, I I had no clue what season three was about. It and you're right. You, I don't know what city it was either. I just was I looking at their show notes. and saw that It
0: was about court rulings. It might be Cleveland. I think it's Cleveland. I wanna say it's Cleveland. But I, I'm ninety nine percent certain that it's in Ohio. I think it's Cleveland, Ohio. But regardless, it was it was an interesting idea to me. I was I was like, Oh, that's really cool. But again, I didn't go I didn't go look into it. I didn't check it out. Do you know what season they're currently producing? I don't think they're producing anything. I haven't heard anything about them since the end of season three. When they announced, so so season two was announced and they said season three is already in the works. We don't have anything for you. When season three was announced, I want to say they said then we're already working on season four. And I want to say they even teased a topic maybe, but then I haven't heard anything since then. Yeah, season Maybe I'm three, making that up.
1: Season three ended in November of 2018 and I have no idea if there's a future season and
0: I didn't google it. I would to see love if they had to made know an the announcement. I would love to know the numbers on season 1 versus the others. I'm I would be willing to bet it's an astronomical drop off.
1: Well, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that a lot of people have listened to Serial season 1 versus 2 and 3 because Serial is also one of the very few podcasts that I've seen this that lists their archive starting with episode one at the top of their Apple Podcasts listing versus having their newest content be the first thing you see in the list of the archives.
0: So uh, I, I know a lot of episodic shows that do this, but they generally do it for the most recent season. You're saying that season one, episode one? Is season what is... one,
1: episode one is the very first episode you'll see if you go to check out Serial in the Apple Podcasts app.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. That is
1: interesting. That's because it's the only serial that anybody knows.
0: Yeah. Well, and and it, so again, I feel like that was, so what's the issue there, Jay? Is it because there's no story that is as compelling as that first one? I definitely think we can both agree that that's not true. There are many other, I mean, obviously the fact that Netflix keeps making murder documentaries tells you there's there's lots of interesting stories, right? Um what what was the issue there? Why why can't they hit with season two or season three? Do you think it's literally just they waited too long and those people went elsewhere? I well, I
1: believe that's a factor. I believe I believe that's part of the factor. And the second part of the factor is it's not true crime. Uh, so I think there the the dual factor there with serial is that they created something that that really hit a nerve because it was true crime, and I just I wish I hadn't deleted it. I had a link. Uh, there was a there was an article about out as to why true crime hits psychologically uh, so well with the podcasting public and why specifically women uh, because if you look at the demographics of true crime listeners it is a majority women that that are listening to these shows and what goes into that like why is there such a connection to true crime content um, but in any case so it's the lack of true crime stories. And it is the fact that they've taken long breaks, extended breaks between their seasons, thus giving their audience something else to listen to. And when they came back, that audience, whether the, whether it was because of the break or because it was no longer a true crime story, uh, decided that they weren't going to come back to listen to what they had produced next for them. So... These are things to really consider especially if you're doing a seasons. I know Todd Cochran likes to joke, "I have multiple seasons. They there's just no hiatus in between uh in between our seasons." And I will say as a as an NFL podcaster, there's obviously seasons that we cover because we're a we like to cover the latest news in the NFL, but we also don't take that long of a break. Pretty much we do an episode at the end of the Super Bowl and then we take a couple weeks off. And then we're right into the off-season of the NFL with the NFL Combine. But that is our longest hiatus that we ever take in between, quote-unquote, seasons because there's just not, I mean, beyond the Super Bowl, there's not much else to touch on there that's going to be new news for us to discuss. Uh, but then from that point on, it's it's weekly, except, you know, the last month or so, I've, I've been slacking, and that's just on me. Uh, but in any case... Think about these
0: things when you decide to take a break for a season. Yeah, so here's my thing on on uh, the hiatus. In particular, here's how I think podcasters could apply this. Uh, here's how I'm going to try to apply it myself. I've got a show that is ostensibly about a television series that hasn't launched yet. Uh, we're going to be covering the Anne Rice Vampire Lestat series when it comes to Hulu sometime in the next year or so. Right now, we've been doing episodes about the book series in preparation for the TV show to launch. In between seasons, though, it is my goal to at least try to have one episode a month out because I know we're not going to be the only show about, we're not going to be the only podcast about that TV show. And if in the off season, another podcast is consistently producing content to feed that fan base while we're in hiatus, When the season returns, when season two comes back and and they return to think about the show, we may or may not stay in their podcatcher. We may or may not stay in their habits. Particularly, I think about people who are streaming us. Right, Jay? Mm. We've been so sold on that subscribe button. And I think in my own habits about all these shows, we were talking about, you and I were talking about shows that we don't listen to anymore that we used to. Okay, because I listen in Overcast and I've got my settings to download shows automatically, most of those shows that I don't listen to still are there waiting for me, 10, 15 episodes maybe, stacked up waiting whenever I get ready. The ones that I don't want to do that, I tell it, hey, delete, only keep the most recent three or the most recent five or whatever. But I can, not Mark Marin, for instance, I download basically every episode of his that comes out and then I'll go back and decide I don't want that, I don't want that, I do want to listen to that, but not now, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think most people, most people that are listening to podcasts do that at all. I think they are subscribed to a show or maybe they're not even subscribed. Again, I think about Spotify listeners. Are they just searching for the show every week? Like, are they just going mm. to the show's page and hitting that latest episode button and click and play and streaming us just like they do the music? Like, I, I I don't know the answer to that question, but I worry about it. And again, I feel like in a world where many of our listeners, if not most, are, are interacting with us in ways like that, Dave Jackson's admonition to be a habit for them is ever more important. You know, if you are a habit for them, then it doesn't matter how they're, forming that habit, whether it's pressing play or whether it's just listening to the downloaded file or whatever, you're still going to be there and you'll stay a habit for them. But if you're not a habit, then if they're only streaming us, if they're only going and searching for us, well, they'll search for me next week and the week after that probably. But that third Monday, when they go search for me again and I'm not there, then do they ever search the fourth Monday or ever after that? You know, like so... That's my thing about a hiatus and and I will be cognizant of it myself, yeah, you want them to love you like a fat kid loves cake <laughs> cake get enough of your love um <laughs> here's the one other thing that i that I want to make a point on jay for for game of Thrones and and lessons that we can take away from it as creators generally and podcasters specifically ending on your own terms now this is sort of a, a there's a bad side to this too we've already talked about it. Benioff and Weiss, I can't remember both their first names. I think it's like David and – I can't remember Weiss's first name. It's David Benioff and whatever Weiss's first name is. Those two guys, <laughs> they made a deal with HBO to end this at eight seasons and in particular for the seventh and eighth seasons to be shortened seasons. Six episodes apiece lengthened episode length but less episodes per season. That was their choice as creators. Uh, you you asked earlier, I don't know, maybe HBO offered them more time. They did. They very specifically did. They did a couple of years ago when they made this final contract, and then they did last year during production. They said, do you want to extend it? Do you want more se- more episodes or even a whole nother season? We could do one more season of six if you wanted to wrap things up. And Benioff and Weiss both said no. Part of that, I think was about personal reasons. We've been doing this for nearly a decade. They both have huge projects waiting for them. Uh, In particular, they're going to be working on a whole trilogy of Star Wars films. The next trilogy of Star Wars films is going to be written, at least, and maybe directed as well, by Benioff and Weiss. Can't wait for them to screw that up. Yeah, well, I thought to myself, well, we know that's a fan base that won't be angry at them when they change things, right? So <laughs> there's no worries there. Um, but, but you, I mean, Disney had a pile of money and also as a creator. Who wouldn't want to go and play with those characters? Th- those guys have probably been dreaming of playing with Luke and Leia, Scott, you know, uh, 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 figures, action figures since they were kids. So this is a lifelong thing that you might want to rush and go off to. I understand that. I also understand being tired of this story, right? Of being tired of the, the micro, Pressure that you must be under, like the, the, or the macro pressure that they're under, like the constant attention that is being paid to you, particularly now that they were finishing a story that Martin himself hadn't finished. The author of these books still hasn't (laughs) finished the story and they were having to land this thing. You know, I got a buddy, Josh Josh Shirley, my former co host on this show, he was telling me the other day. His relationship with that story is the longest one of his life. He's been reading those since he was literally like 10 or 11. He read the first one. He started reading the first one when he was a Mm preteen. He's been waiting on the end of this since they came out, since the first one came out. Like, that's a long time to live with this story. I understand wanting to move on. Also, though, I understand wanting to land a narrative or, or finish a project on your own terms. I wish that they had assessed things a little bit closer to the completion and said to themselves, we need a little bit more, (laughs) you know, but the idea of saying two or three years ago, HBO, here's how much more we want to do. I really like, I like that idea a lot. And I think we as creators in particular, I think about most of my clients are businesses and small brands, Jay. And if you're a business and you're thinking, Hey, I want to get into this podcasting thing. I think finite amounts are exactly what you should think of. I think you should chart yourself out. Here's the topic that I want to cover. And if you can write up 15 ideas, great. Plan on doing 15 episodes. If in the production of those, you come up with five more ideas, great. Do five more. But when you run out of ideas, don't say to yourself, well, I got to do another episode this week. No. Say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm. Releasing episode 10 and I'm charting out episode 15 right now and I don't have anything else to say. 15 going to be my final episode, I think. I'll do one wrap-up episode maybe where I get some q and from my audience or something like that. Tell them ahead of time, call your shot, and then finish it. And let it be out there as a complete thing that you can be proud of instead of something that you eventually quit because of circumstance. My son, my oldest son, is finishing – he just finished Cub Scouts this year, and he did the crossover ceremony to go to Boy Scouts. And I am – Happy for him to continue if he does and go on into Boy Scouts and continue for years to come. But I have suggested to him that he should really weigh whether it's something that he wants to continue or whether he wants to finish here having completed his arrow of light. You know, he did the full thing from like pre-K or kindergarten all the way up through uh, he's now, he's going to be a sixth grader. That was years of commitment that he had to scouting. He's done years of adventures and and uh, badges and, and his uh, little achievements in the whole nine yards. He's got a great arrow plaque to hang on his wall now to commemorate that time of his life. And if that's all he wanted it to be, then it would be something that he looked back on and that he finished. I said, I would hate for you to get like two or three years into scouting and then go, man this ain't for me anymore and then you just quit boy Scouts somewhere along the way um so anyway I, I i like things that are finished not just quit yeah my daughter was in a similar
1: situation with gymnastics she would she, we were paying for gymnastic classes she was going she was learning we actually even paid for private gymnastic classes so that she could, could she could you know really hone in on some of the things that she was having difficulty with and then The next level was competition. And my daughter said, yeah, I'm not interested in doing competition. And I said, well, guess what? We're not interested in paying for more gymnastic lessons because that's all they're going to focus on. That's their focus is to get you ready for a competition. If you're not going to be competing, then there's no reason for you to continue in gymnastics. You've learned what you're going to learn. There's nothing more for you to learn. Everything else you're just going to have to do on your own no, we don't have gymnastics apparel, you know, apparatus around here. So it's not like you're going to be able to do it on your own anyway. But the point is, is it was a perfect stopping point for her. It was like, you've reached this level. Do you want to move on to the next level? Similarly in podcasting, you, you, you track out 15 episodes uh, for your idea. You get to that point and you go, there really isn't much more story to go on. Or you'll, or as you go, You'll start getting feedback from your audience and your feedback, your audience will actually end up dictating to you how much more there is for you to go on, because then you're going to be working off of what your audience is looking for. What does your audience want from you? Should you keep going? Like I said, I've brought up the NFL podcast. I'm in a lovely spot where there's going to be content forever until the NFL dies, which won't be for many, many moons. uh, I'm going to have content coming to me consistently for me to analyze and for me and my buddies to talk about and and really go through with a fine tooth comb. People that do television podcasts, there is definitely going to be a finite, all those Game of Thrones podcasts. You've reached the end of the series. Now you have to decide, is there a way to create more content off of what we just did? Or is or is this really the end for us? We need to jump to another television program or find something else to discuss. And it's a very interesting point in time for, for especially those Game of Thrones podcasters.
0: So to use the example, though, of our kids, it, will this be the end of your daughter's athletic ambitions or athletic pursuits? Will she stop being athletic in her daily life now that she's not going to take gymnastics? She pretty much has, yes. <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, it doesn't have to, right? And that's no, what I told my son. Have. I said, just because you're you, if if you decide to stop scouts at this point, that doesn't have to be the end of your outdoor pursuits, right? You can still go hiking. We can still go camping as a family. You can still go uh, uh, hammocking. You know, anytime you want to, you, you can still start a campfire. We could do all these sorts of things if you want to, and also. You could use that time to pursue something else. So that's what I'd tell podcasters too. If you're a business and you have that idea, you're like, I really want to start a show. Okay, what's your show going to be about and what's the goal of your show? And when you finish talking about that topic, let that be the end. And then think, what other topic in my area of expertise do mm-hmm. I have to talk about? Or it turns out while I was making this show, I met members of my audience that are not only members of my profession, but also parents, active parents. And I'm involved in this community now of parents who are also bankers or parents who are also running enthusiasts or you know, parents who are also creatives or whatever. And that's what I want to talk about. I'm, I'm saying many times in your podcast production, if you, if you think about, I'm going to finish this goal across the course of that, you will find your next topic very organically. And when you don't think to yourself, well, I have to do this forever, (laughs) this one thing forever, you'll be open to those new opportunities that come. Um, I wish that I had thought about that in the production and creation of all of my shows, uh, Jay. I really do. And I think to myself now – I mean, I don't. I'm honestly, out and this is sort of like literally speaking off the top of my head. It's not something that I've given a whole lot of consideration. I'm thinking about going and breaking up some of my shows into sort of like archived feeds and having mm. like here's a finite thing and that's all that'll ever be and that's one name and you can go find it there and you can subscribe to it if you want to. But that's just for ease of access, you know. Um, I don't know. It's 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 something that I'm considering. And I will say this: anything I do in the future will be thought of with some sort of finite end. And then if it if it goes longer than that, be open to it. That's the lesson from Game of Thrones, right? Don't don't be sold out hard to that finite end that you've built for yourself. But do end the thing on your own terms, I think, instead of just allowing it to fade away. I'd much rather I'd much rather finish a series than be canceled. <laughs> I
1: think we once said that this show was only going to be like 30 minutes long. <laughs> how many How many of these
0: shows have we done that
1: have actually ended around 30 minutes? I don't think there has been one.
0: We generally get under an hour, and that's good enough, my friend. That's good enough. Right. Uh, J- Jay, why don't we go real quick to our currently listening, and we will wrap this one up, though. Um, what are you currently listening to? Well, I'm currently listening to a lot of stuff that I've already told
1: you about. There is a show... That is going to debut tomorrow, well, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so technically it will debut on Wednesday, May 29th, uh, depending on when in time you are listening to this podcast, called Inside Star Wars. It is from Mark Ramsey and Wondery. I haven't listened to any of Mark's previous work. He is also responsible for Inside Psycho and Inside Jaws, uh, and I do hesitate about this particular podcast is there are a lot, and I do mean a lot, of Star Wars podcasts that are already out there. There's also a lot, and I do mean a lot, of Star Wars documentaries. Most of them have been produced by the Star Wars filmmakers themselves. So I'm not sure how much will be featured in this particular podcast that will cover stories that I haven't already heard or have been made aware of uh, from the previous podcasts and documentaries and obviously movies that I have watched, but I am very curious to hear how he puts it together. While I haven't listened to inside psycho or inside jaws, I know that there's a particular style to Mark's storytelling, uh, that is intriguing to me, how he plans on telling the story of star Wars. So, uh, I will be listening and I will, uh, I'll, I'll give you a review about it next week.
0: Uh, that sounds really good. Um, and I'm with you. I like, I'm interested in it, but, at the same time, like, how much more can you tell me about Star Wars that I'm not currently aware of? I'm pretty aware of Star Wars. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, spoiler alert, Carrie Fisher becomes a drug addict at some point in her life. <laughs> oh, hey, speaking of,
0: though, I'll tell you She this, also I- dies before the final movie comes out. Oh, I'm sorry. So this is, this is something that, that I learned from uh, my currently listening. I'm currently listening to Movie Crush. So Movie Crush is a show from iHeartRadio, uh, Chuck Bryant, with Stuff You Should Know. He sits down with some of his favorite people to talk about their favorite movie. It's mostly actors, comedians, etc. Some musicians have been on it and things like that. Some podcasters. Uh, Aaron Mankey did an episode where they talked about The Village, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, uh, which was really good. Um, but the episode that I mentioned earlier with with... with Casey Wilson where they talk about Clue. I didn't know this but the Leslie Ann Warren character in Clue, Miss Scarlet, uh, she's the she turns out to be a uh, a prostitute Um, that role was originally supposed to be Carrie Fisher and Mm. Carrie couldn't do it because she was in rehab at the time yeah Uh, yeah So there you go. It is a fascinating show. First of all, Chuck is a great personality. He's a really nice guy and he comes off as such on air. He's also madly in love with films. Uh, They do these cool things called mini crushes where they just like talk about sort of like movie news and new things that are going on and new things that have just come out. They also do an episode called Crush to Judgment where that's like a special episode where they talk about a movie that is in theaters right now or that just left theaters maybe uh and those are generally shorter and then the full-length episodes sometimes they'll be you know like almost two hours long and it's some famous person talking about their favorite film and it's like everything from Tron and Mask, Clue, Jaws, A Hard Day's Night, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, The Cable Guy, Groundhog Day, Titanic, Scream, Bottle Rocket, Punch Drunk Love but also movies like Miller's Crossing and The Godfather and so like it's like it's not just highbrow movies but it's not just like schlocky low rent fare either. You know what's really funny about that?
1: Another topic to, to delve into at some point. It's funny how there are some schlocky like B-roll type movies that I just can't get enough of. Like They're Alive is a perfect example with Roddy Roddy Piper and he puts on sunglasses. You can see the aliens who have assimilated themselves into this race. It's possibly it's, it's so bad it's good type of thing. That's my brother the, uh, that's that's the one where I've I've come to I'm chew I'm here bubble gum to and- chew bubblegum and kick some ass. I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> uh, bubble yes, great, great movie. I love it. However, my brother-in-law is in love with Big Trouble in Little China with Kurt Russell. And I watch that movie and I go, This is a horrible piece of crap that <laughs> I can't believe it, it has been produced. Like so- and I wonder what the difference is. Like why I love this one so much and I hate this one. It's it's circular, yet, Jay. Yeah, it goes weird. goes back
0: to the goes back to the same thing that we talked about at the very beginning of this. And maybe our children won't have it, unfortunately. You were steeped in that, in they live. You were you uh, have watched that movie so many times and at such the right age in your life that it imprinted on you and you understand things about that movie that normal people don't see and and can't see now because they're watching it at a different stage in their lives meanwhile your cousin did the same thing with or your brother did the same thing with uh, big trouble in little china i uh the, my movie that's like that is johnny dangerously with michael keaton he johnny plays a uh like a gangster and it's uh it's set in i think like the 30s it, it's like a screwball comedy in many ways it is hilarious but also, it's kind of a terrible movie. And most people that I've shown it to since then do not find near the charm that I did. But that's because I watched mm. it 19 times a day on HBO when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Godzilla movies. I, I, I talked about those after-school specials. If it
1: wasn't an after-school special, I was running home to watch Godzilla movies on Channel 56 out of Boston. Uh, I lived in Connecticut, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I watch Godzilla movies now. And the new Godzilla movie that's coming out, I'm like,
0: what have you done? What have you done? You horrible, horrible people see, I'll be a contrarian there too. I love both. I love the old Toho films. I am a big fan of the original Gojira. I watch it with, without the dub. I watch it in the original Japanese even. And, uh, I also love the new films too. I particularly enjoyed, uh, Kong skull Island. And I'm very, very hopeful about the one that comes out this weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Godzilla fan. Mm. Jay, uh, let's be a big podcasting fan and wrap this thing up with a bow folks. I don't know whether your kids are gonna to get to fall in love with movies like we did, but they can fall in love with podcasts. Go produce more good ones. Why don't you? Uh, until next week. Jay, where can I follow you online? <laughs> I am at the real podvader on Twitter,
1: Facebook.com slash podvader page for all things consulting, whatever. And quite honestly, you just got like 45 minutes of a master's class in in content production specifically podcast content production that uh, you would normally have to pay me quite a bit of money uh, per hour to uh, get otherwise so uh, congratulations, folks. You got something for free today.
0: <laughs> Hit you up on Twitter for that tip. Uh, and, uh, folks, you can find me on Twitter at The Rogues Life. You can follow me uh, everywhere else, ProPodcastingServices.com, uh, that has this show and many others. And until next week, we are at com. We've been your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Jay, still of the house, Pod Vader,
1: waiting to find out what will happen in the final star wars trilogy and we are always listening by the way it's db weiss so maybe it's just D, so maybe it's just david benioff
0: with a <laughs> david benioff and david benioff weiss <laughs> right maybe he's that, created that this weird alias. two writing credits <laughs> brilliant yeah I'm- Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all of our past episodes, including more than a 100 podcast reviews, at alwayslisteningpod.com. In Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. For help on your podcast, visit propodcastingservices.com. Our theme song is Enough from Bethany Rayburn.